Hello and welcome to another Gridiron Gentleman podcast that you'll be listening to uh, on the bounce uh, again. Apologies for that. I had a few issues. Feels like the last couple of years, almost to the day since Simon stopped doing the podcast with us, that there's been uh, like an endless stream of, of audio issues for the pod. I'm not suggesting he sabotaged it, but I mean, if people want to put two and two together and and come up with that rather than me being completely incompetent and uh, uh, unable to do the simplest of tasks when it comes to actually putting podcasts up, um, then I reckon that's more likely, really, isn't it? What do you reckon, James? Where's my money? Yeah, the, there's, there's no money, James. Like, we've been through... We do this every so often. Um, that there is, there is zero money, I'm afraid. Okay. Yeah. You still in? That wasn't what I was promised. I mean, I think it was, but, but, but anyway, whatever. We're talking draft again tonight. Will hear from my people, okay? Who are your people? I'm not scared. Oh. Well, I have people. Do you have people? No. Um, so. Anyway. <laughs> tonight. Come on. Let's be normal. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's going to take a while to, to get this train back on the tracks, I think. Um, so the last pod you'll have heard, we did uh, edge defenders and we did tight ends this time we are doing running backs and we're doing interior defensive line you'd have heard uh the incredibly underpaid james there james how's it going it's going okay starving hungry my children are living in the gutter <laughs> and i'm sleeping outside but thanks for asking that sounds great james well done uh and tonight we are joined by from the uk steelers podcast he joined us last year around this time uh mike mike how's it going <laughs> Sorry, lads, my sides are in bits. I feel like the Sorry. child in the middle of the messy divorce. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. But uh, Mummy and Daddy have been like this part. for some time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I and I can tell. How's it going, Mike? You're right. Yeah, good, lads. Good. It's, it's bad to think we're, we're a couple of weeks out from the draft mm. now. Um, Bonkers. It's, it's just snuck up. Yeah, I, I'm... I, in normal years, I'm so far behind where I'd want to be. So the next three weeks are just going to be sort of pedal to the metal to try and get up to the to the sort of numbers that I want to get to every year. Yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. Um, it's it's been a bit like that, but uh, I am prepared this week because uh, our podcast, unsurprisingly, overran last week uh, by doing two positions when we intended to do four. Um, so I've done all the research I needed to do for for interior defensive line at least. So. So it was raring to go with this. Uh, any news we want to talk about? Anything NFL happening? It's it's slow. I mean, you got Odell Beckham Jr. visiting the Jets on Monday. He he has marketed himself incredibly well, hasn't he? Like he was. He don't get me wrong. Uh, for for the Rams in the run up to Super Bowl, he was very very good. But he knows how to almost like. He's 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 the guy from The Bachelor, eke this out as being like a a wide receiver that hasn't actually played the game in a year and a half, um, and yet make it seem like he's one of the most appealing prospects out there because no one can find wide receivers this year. Um, I'm impressed, if if anything, uh, but yeah, yeah, fair play to him. He's he's now like. The Jets are either going to win a Super Bowl or, or be an absolute train wreck this year. The way, the way they're going, like they they are now so in the spotlight for absolutely everyone. Uh, it's it, it's it's not their natural habit, habitat. Most of them will be running for cover and running into the dark again. But like 
it's now we're at a point where like it's either going to really work they're all going to gel they'll get Odell Beckham they'll get uh, Aaron Rodgers and they'll go on to be incredible or it's just all going to fall apart and everyone is going to lose their job yeah nothing seems like team unity like Odell Beckham Jr. and Aaron Rodgers (laughs) (laughs) both (laughs) gunning for the spotlight in the off season as well both whilst both say but you know I don't want to make it all about me but I will go on the Pat McAfee show and make it all about me. So, uh, so yeah, if they could, if Pat McAfee could pull off a bit of a kill, I think he can get both of them like in the same week saying that they're going to join the Jets or not join the Jets. But there we go. Um, yeah. So that's, that's about as much news as I've seen it. We're now getting to silly season with draft, uh, mock drafts that are trying to gain more and more traction with uh, certain players going up and down. But we said that last week as well, that it is, it's, we're now at a point where it's, it's just gone a little bit silly, really, hasn't it, with, with, with how we think. Do you know what's really silly about draft season? What's and that? the saddest bit about draft season that? is that PFF have made a misstep and put their mock draft simulator behind the paywall. Couldn't agree with you anymore, except for and yesterday. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, well. I mean, mm. I mean, I, I pay for PFF, but it's mm. like that, and that's my problem. But you know, <laughs> I like PFF. I, 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 I'm fine with paying money for it. But the fact that it's not available for all, I don't know. I just like you know, power to people. I think everybody should be able to have fun with it. I, I get the feeling that it was always going to happen at some point. Um, mm. I don't know whether this year was the right year to do it because I think people, everyone was using it this year. So maybe yep. you get everyone using it this year and then next year you put it by. I, I get the feeling it was, it was always going to happen. I, I say I like PFF as well. And um, um, I mean, it's it's just raw numbers that, that that tell a story about players that you can actually trust most of the time, mm-hmm. uh, along with actually watching tape and, you know, paying attention to what other people are saying, like in terms of like personality of players. And, and I say tape as well is, is massively important, but like, in just being able to have something in front of you that goes, oh, okay, that makes sense. PFF is incredible. Um, and then Mock Draft Simulator was just like something that, that just knocked it out of the park as well. Um, yeah. So yeah. Weird one. Weird one. I say, because I like PFF as well. It's a great podcast as well for, uh, while we're at it. So Yes. You know, don't turn this one off just yet. No, don't. don't. But, don't. but then afterwards, maybe go listen to that and go listen to the UK Steelers pod and then go listen to The Athletic as well. So. <sighs> Lots of podcasts. I'm rambling. I'm very, very tired. Uh, anything else we want to talk about um, before we just dive into some of the players? Because running backs is probably going to take us about three hours. So, no, no. Unless just... Mike, you you have any nuggets or tidbits? I'm absolutely none. Now uh, the three hours on running backs is going to be interesting. Uh, <laughs> Cut me breath a little, but that's fine. <laughs> It's a slight exaggeration. <laughs> Two and a half, we'll round down. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, just a quick question. Uh, what do you think the Steelers are going to do with their uh, second round pick, uh, Mike, that they acquired from the Chicago <laughs> Bears for Chase Claypool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, profit, I think, is a word I'd use. Um, mm. uh, someone probably better than Chase Claypool, I'd imagine. Me and too. That, <laughs> should I ask how you feel about that then before, um, before I say anything? See, here's the thing, right? I don't mind even giving a second for Chase Claypool, but that second is basically a first this year as well. Mm. Um, 
Mm. And it would be nice to have that first for for other players. That being said, wide receiver is pretty thin this year, so it's not the end of the world. But uh, I think there'll be a lot of pressure on his shoulders, um, considering uh, he's now surrounded by reasonable talent. Not that he wasn't with the Steelers, and Steelers are a wide receiver farm. Um, I know it's bonkers. Yeah, so they'll they'll draft someone in the second round that will go on to be a future Hall of Fame round. Okay, that, that's my <laughs> guess anyway, because that seems to be how it works. But but yeah, now I, I'm really missing that pick now, because um, the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, so it's the Roquan pick? No. Oh, oh well. I thought you know I thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought it was, I thought it was the Roquan pick, which may, would make more sense, but um. It is what it is. I'm not bitter about it. I just thought I'd bring it up, you know. So, no, absolutely, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, no. not that, who, whoever we pick will be ingrained in your mind forever. <laughs> Guaranteed, it will be. It will be someone that will go on to be incredible. Because um, as Bears fans, we're not allowed nice things. Because um, I'm still being reminded that we could have drafted Patrick Mahomes, um, but then so could have so many other teams. I'm not going to get into it. No. I'm just going to get bitter if I carry on like this. Let's do this, right? <laughs> Do we want to go uh, interior defensive line first, or do we want to go running back first? James, I'll let you decide. Let's do interior defensive line. Should be fairly quick. It's yes and no, because I think there's some thin. talking points. There's some talking points. I mean, while there's not a plethora of players, there are some talking points yeah, about some of them, definitely. And some um, and some players who people are cooler on who come with some real mitigation. Mm. So, you know. Quite interesting. Definitely. So, Dan, where should we start? Jalen Carter. <laughs> like, mm. it seems like the, the natural place to start, considering he has um, had basically an East Enders script like throughout <laughs> the offseason in terms of, of reasons why you wouldn't necessarily draft him. Um, if you look on the uh, NFL draft um, profile on the actual NFL website, it does say that potentially maturity problems with the caveat that doesn't include the arrest that took place. The, the, the information they're using doesn't include the arrest that took place the week mm. before the, the uh, scouting combine. Um, so if you've got that, which is horrendous, tied in with the fact that he decided to go to his pro day and carry out a workout that he couldn't finish, then... It, it doesn't look good for a player that is still probably going to be drafted in the top 10. The red flags are there, but he is still possibly the second most talented player in this year's draft, if not the first most talented player in this year's draft. On that Georgia line, he was the guy. And mm. considering how much talent was surrounding him, that is bonkers. I, I could go into detail. I mean, never bullied. I've written here is the, the big thing. Like he just knocks offensive linemen out of their stance and just completely knocks offensive lines on his own sideways. Um, leaving mismatches on edge, potentially can play on the outside, can play and dominate across the line. An absolute bully. Ability to confuse linemen uh, might not carry through to the NFL because linemen are a bit, well, better trained in the NFL really because they have to be. But um, I, I just think that if we get the finished products from Jalen Carter, if we get someone that comes into the NFL without a ridiculous amount of baggage, then he's going to be an absolutely outstanding player. But I would imagine there are a couple of teams there out there 
that are now very, very concerned about what Jalen Carter actually is and whether they want that on their team. The Chiefs probably aren't one of them, by the way. I want to stress that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what do we think? Uh, who wants to kick us off with some Jalen Carter thoughts? My first thought yeah. is actually to do with the pro day. Yeah. And, and the big red flag for me is not um, how deeply embroiled he is in the whole drag racing thing mm. and, and the case. It's how everything surrounding it appears to have affected him. Mm. Because the shape he turned up to his pro day in and the way he acquitted himself at his pro day yeah. in and of itself is potentially a red flag about how he handles this kind of thing. Is he mentally resilient and focused enough? You know, because he chose not to test at the combine. Mm. Um, so he knew his pro day would be the one time for him to put measurables down. Um, but he wasn't able to put this in a box and and get on with the job at hand. And while it's understandable, I think some teams may look at that as is he somebody who lets stuff like this get into his head and affect him mm. as a pro? Because he's now going to be paid to do that job and he needs to show that he can kind of compartmentalize and get on with the job at hand. And his job at hand at that point was getting himself in good enough shape to put some really good testing numbers down just mm. to solidify um, where he was, you know, what he was seen as. Yeah. And that that's the issue for me is that Surely at some point, if, if you don't think you're going to be ready for your pro day, you just go, I'm going to just rely on the fact yeah. that I'm Jalen Carter to get me through. Which is fine. And actually a mm. decent strategy. Just saying yeah. I won't be testing at the combine or my pro day. My film says it all. I'll mm. see you at the draft. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Even just got all tight hammy. Yeah. It, you haven't yeah. got a tight hammy <laughs> in the slope, but just say it. You know, yeah. exactly. Oh, just pulled it up the week before. Timing is terrible. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you would think there would be a, a, a grown-up in the room or a voice on his shoulder to tell him that and, and say, look, you're not looking the best. Mm. You're not moving the best. Let's write off the pro day. It's not going to be the be-all and end-all. As you say, tight hammy, you, you, you know, you've got yourself a little, a little niggle warming up in the warm weather of Florida, you know, mm. something like that, just to make an excuse and forget about it. Show up to your pro day you know work with your teammates and all the rest that's fine that'll do mm. but where where's the grown-up in the room telling him to do that and and not saying actually you know what you're not you're not looking great Let, let's let's not let, let's not do oh no you do want to do your pro day in the shape that you're okay um fine isn't them um, rosenhouse's agent yeah i think so yeah who this week or last week said i'm not even taking calls from anyone outside of the top 10 mm. Mm. That just doesn't help the situation. Yeah. And, you know, I I heard the story and the first thing, I bet you Rosenhouse is his agent. Mm. And then, yeah, it, it it just, things aren't working well in that area of things off the field. It, it is a concern when it's not one thing, it's an accumulation and a, and the domino effect from, you know, the, the, the racing and all the rest of it and the mm. actions that have come out with the back of that. It, it's just not a great look from him and the people around him. No, I, I kind of almost wonder if the so he, he's been doing like a number of interviews with teams, hasn't he? He's been going to facilities, doing interviews with teams. And I, I, most players obviously do. But like, I, I kind of wonder if the, the tactic should have been 
he turns up to 32 teams and says, so you've seen me, this is the player I am. And just, just be the most diligent person to, to get into facilities and actually be ready to answer questions. Mm. Um, I, th- I think it was the, um, was it the guys on PFF perhaps mm. um, who were talking quite a lot about the, you know, the 30 visits every, every club gets yeah. and saying how so much of that is um, medical background, background checks, mm. just mm. follow-ups. They're not, you, you, the tape's the tape, you know yeah. what you've seen them at the senior bowl, the shrine bowl, the combine, mm. whatever. You've done all that. He should be turning up to every single one of them mm. and just going, guys, talk to me. Yeah. Because I I get the whole I'm not gonna speak to anyone, you know, Rosenhaus saying I'm not gonna speak to a team outside the top ten. I mean, that's an arrogant comment because mm. there's any mm. number of teams that could turn around and say, I need a groundbreaking DT of the middle, I'll trade up. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. It some stinks. Yeah, it's mm. it's it's and not all his fault, I should yeah. I should say. No, I agree. I agree. I I, th- I think it's just at every point he clearly made a mistake. Let's let's start with that. Whatever whatever happens, whatever comes from this, whatever his involvement, he's made a mistake. Um, and since then, other people seem to have given him some really bad advice as well. Um, I, personally, I don't think it's going to hurt him. I think well, I think it would hurt him in the sense that he potentially could. have if he doesn't go number three to the cards, if they don't trade out of that position, then then I think that could potentially hurt him because I think that was a possibility. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then, like, then if he doesn't, if he drops past five, then then that should be a concern. He sh- he should not. There's lots of talks of, talk about the Bears drafting him at nine, and if he drops to nine, then that is a problem considering where we were talking about him before the combine. We were talking about him as like a top five pick. I think we we're talking about him as like a top three pick. Like, you know, it was a legitimate question as to whether you wanted Jalen Carter or you wanted Will Anderson if you didn't need a quarterback. And I think now it's it's instead of one A, one B, we've got a definite one and two. I mean, there's only three players in this draft where you, you look at them and you have and on your list of questions slash concerns normally there's only three players where if it's just based on the player there's only three players in this draft where you can put you can look at them and go i feel really comfortable about the player mm. and that's will anderson yeah jalen carter and another guy we're going to talk about later One that's that it. Could be. everybody else comes with a caveat as a player yeah in some shape or form and how much you place value on that caveat i mean for me there's four yeah. and one's a quarterback but he comes with caveats for everyone else, but that's a spoiler for another time. <laughs> um, but Jalen Carter, the player, mm. th- there's there's very little question about his 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 potential as a prospect. Mm. There's so little question about it. In fact, there's probably fewer questions about him than there is even about Will Anderson. I mean, with Will Anderson, the concern mm. is that 240 pounds, is he going to be bullied at the next level? Because he may have weighed 250 at the combine, but he, he's mm. been playing at 240. And he's yeah. been explosive and powerful at 240. And maybe that's closer to the weight he plays at. But I think with Jalen Carty, what you see pretty much is what you're going to get. He's going to be a 300-pound three technique with incredible quickness and hands that can just knock people twice much bigger than him on, on their backs. Mm. On, one it, of the, it, on one of the best defences in college for the last however many years, he was the well, standout yeah. player. Mm-hmm. And now the stink on him is is... 
so great that 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 you start to you do start to wonder like it has he should have been he should have been like besides it's unlucky that he's coming out in a year that that will anderson's also coming out which is is unfortunate because will anderson was one of the most dominant defensive players in college last year but it's 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 now he hasn't helped himself since then and the people around him haven't helped him and i think at some point you need to you just need to put yourself in a position to say hey so this was me I've made mistakes. I'm not going to make them again. The player you're going to draft is not the guy that makes the mistakes off the field. I still think it's unthinkable that he falls out of the top 10. I think it's unthinkable mm. because you will get someone that will pull the trigger. Um, Eagles at 10 for starters. Like, exactly. They, they don't need yeah. an interior defensive lineman. Which is why they'll take the chance at 10. 100%. Yeah. If he's sitting there, they'll take him as well. Uh, Falcons at eight potentially, although I mean they're kind of loaded, but it depends how long you think Grady Jarrett's got. But it's um, uh, Raiders at seven, maybe Bears at nine, uh, Seahawks at five, maybe. Yeah, like th- there are players, there are too many teams out there that that would be uh, very silly for for passing up on him. So so yeah, I, I don't the, think he's The thought of the Eagles having. Nicole Dean, Jordan Elliott, or Jordan Dave, excuse me, and Jalen Carter. It's like yes. Georgia 2001 defensive unit. I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. But it's only because oh. they've got 400 defensive uh, linemen. And, uh, they'd, they'd probably troll everyone and get pick Keely Ringo in the third round as well. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's do that. Bring the boys back. <clears throat> so for the, for the next player, I need everyone to forget that a certain Pitt defensive lineman uh, already has entered the NFL and has become one of the greatest defensive linemen of all time. Uh, Kalijah Kansi is uh, an undersized interior defensive lineman that n- from Pitt that means he's naturally going to draw comparisons to Aaron Donald. Let's start with the fact that if Kalijah Kansi's not as good as Aaron Donald, that's still a success. Okay, yeah. you don't have to be as good as Aaron Donald to be a success in the NFL. Let's get that mm. one out of the way. Um, he is potentially my favorite player in the draft this year. I really like him. And there goes the dog. Great. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to deal with that. One second. <laughs> the dog clearly has an opinion. On undersized D tackles, I I, I want to know more. To I be do, honest, I to do. Be... What's his objections? <laughs> it, it time, timed us slightly wrong. We were just talking about George Bulldogs. Just, <laughs> he was out by forty-five seconds, a minute most. Oh, joke. Dan's dog is the furthest thing away from a bulldog that you could possibly imagine. <laughs> it's it's one of those hairless ones. The problem with it being really a tiny is. dog is that everything is big and scary. So uh, I would imagine a car drove past or something so uh, i'm sure it's fine now so yeah Kalaj can't see um he's strong for someone his size let's start there uh he gets pushed with offensive linemen quick hands uh every play uh just feels like he could potentially break through uh 14.5 sacks as well i really like um there are time he seems to there's a couple of players in this year's draft that seems to seem to understand that they are smaller than the average player in their position mm. actually use it as an advantage um because he seems to sneak through gaps that 
wouldn't normally be an opportunity for an interior defensive lineman. I really like him. I think he's going to be a difference maker for a team as long as we can accept that uh, future first ballot Hall of Famer Aaron Donald is not who we should be comparing him to. What do you guys think? Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan as well. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right, if he's half the player of Aaron Donald, he's going to be a superstar. It is. He's, he's that. It's it's an easy plug, isn't it? And and in fairness, when I heard there was an undersized DT from Pitt, even I sort of stood up and said, "Well, hello. and then I watched some plays of him, and he's got really good hand work. And you go, oh, "Hello, yeah. uh, <laughs> we might have to trade up from seventeen to get this guy." <laughs> the, the obvious thing is the size mm. and where he fits, because he's not as elite as as Donald was. It, it, it's going to be scheme specific for him, but yeah. with. You're right. He he seems to get into the right place, and maybe that lack of size helps in that regard. He's just able to find the gap and shoot it, and mm. he's in he's in he's in a backs he's in the the face of the running back in no time. He, I, he looks dangerous, like every play. He's, he's nuisance. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally agree. Yeah, the hard thing with Kensey, mm. um, so yeah. He 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 has like a ridiculous pass rush win rate, and and mm. and that shows up on tape as well. And he wins with twitch, and he win he wins with his ability to shed blocks using leverage and very very quick hands, and just the ability to literally, as Mike said, shoot the gap. And mm. that's absolutely perfect if you um if you're looking for someone who is a situational three technique, for example. Mm. In a, on on a third and long package, or a NASCAR package where, you know, it's basically an obvious passing down, and you're just going to pin your ears back and rush the passer. Mm. He has real value there, actually, and, and and I can see him being someone who is part of a rotation. Uh, the 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 thing for me is, at the next level, how will he hold up, in terms of like gap integrity mm. in the run game in run fits is he going to be able to hold a gap is he going to be able to be a player that um doesn't have to shoot every gap because sometimes you know when you're defending the run as an interior player your job isn't to shoot the gap your job is just to fill the gap mm. when someone or someone else makes a play and it's about how he holds up doing that the only thing that gives me a big pause in his like physical dimensions isn't even mm. his size or his weight because obviously his twitch and his explosiveness mitigates that in a big way. You know, he runs four six seven at two eighty one mm. pounds. He's fast as well. He's quick. He's clearly explosive. Yeah. But and don't don't groan. This is relevant. Okay, I feel this is relevant. It is his arm length, and the okay. only yeah, reason yeah. it's relevant is because he's short. Yeah. So you know how low man wins, right? Mm. But if you're the low man with shorter arms. It takes you longer to make contact with the person in front of you, mm. so you lose the you, you you lose an element of the natural speed that leverage would give you. The ability you, you are naturally predisposed to be able to get your hands into their chest more quickly mm. because you're coming from a lower base point. But if your arms are shorter, it literally takes longer yeah. <laughs> to get there. It takes longer to reach their nipples, basically. Get, yeah. get your sort of thumbs into their armpits and start moving them so uh, that could be an obstacle but 
I don't see that it prevents him from being somebody that you would want, you would find desirable as part of a, a DT rotation and someone who you can try and work with to develop that. Because he's got, he's so twitchy, so twitchy. My thought is that, yeah, as you say, that, that, that there's just a lot, a lot of natural talent there that you can mould. And the thought of how wide some of these defensive lines play nowadays, like yeah. the, the width that like the Niners play with on the defensive line or yeah. the Dolphins now obviously play with as well, although that might change with Fangio, but I wouldn't have thought so too much. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're naturally lining him up outside guards sometimes. And yeah. that for me says that if you're putting him in a position to win and you're saying, right, we're not going to ever put you in a position where you have to, to take on a guard and a center, then there are numerous NFL schemes out there that are suited to what he can do and what he can bring to the NFL. I think it's a combination of excellent timing on the part that he is coming into the NFL and also uh, potentially teams that are looking for a piece that could fit that exact mold. Mm. And I think he could he could be that piece. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's not like DeForest Buckner or anything, but it's, it is... Is is a piece that I think could work well in the NFL. Sorry, sorry, Mike. Go for it. Yeah, the worry is is that if he's put in a team with a very unimaginative DC mm, who just lines him up in front of the center and says you're a DT, mm. go that way, it's not going to work, or it, it's not going to be the, the best of his ability. Him on a on a four three with a big L boy to the left or right of him. Mm-hmm. That's where he's that's where he's, he's gonna win because a yeah. lot of focus is going to be on the big boy and he's got a one on one. Yeah. And he, he's gonna draw focus at that point as well. And like if if you can even get um any kind of blocking help to to worry about what he's going to be doing, then all of a sudden you've you've probably got a free edge rusher as well. Like mm-hmm. in a game, if you if you are slightly concerned about what he can do and what he can bring, then then I think that he can he can have he can cause mismatches just by being someone slightly different. But you're absolutely right. You put him on the wrong defense, and then how many undersized defensive linemen have we seen gone go to teams that have no imagination with what they can potentially do with them, and it just absolutely destroy their career. Yeah, that's the concern. And, you know, he's an undersized defensive lineman coming from Pitt, so he's probably going to be Aaron Donald, so that's going to be absolutely fine anyway. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Amazing. I, I really like him, but I, I, as you're, mm. you're right, if he goes to the wrong team, then I've liked a lot of undersized interior defensive linemen because they look really good in college um, and then occasionally come to the NFL and they are just non-factors. So, fingers crossed. Um, There we go. That's about it. I mean, there are other players. I'm going to go through them. There I'm are. just kidding. Uh, Brian Breesy. Am I pronouncing that right? Someone tell me. Bressy. I never learned to Brissy. pronounce it. I've been assuming yeah. it's Brissy. Brissy. There yeah. we go. There we go. Um, he looks, he's built like Batman is what I've got written here in the sense yeah. that he looks like an upside down triangle with legs. Um, excellent ability to break, break blocks. Break blocks is a, Surprisingly hard thing to say when you're quite tired. Uh, demands attention with second effort as well. Like if you you think you've got him beat, you need to make sure you have got him beat. Um, just 
plays like a cart I've got written here, drawn by horses, just absolutely just barrels through people. Um, slight concern with ability to wrap up plays. So, like, once he gets through the offensive line, he almost looks like he doesn't really know what he wants to do at times. Uh, quick feats, second efforts, gets results. I, um, I like him. I don't love him, is, is how I've, what I've got here, in the sense that he is quite raw as well. He's the guy I was talking about that comes with mitigation, hmm. I think. Because he, I think he was a five-star yeah. coming out. And he could not have had a better start to his career at Clemson, hmm. where he showed everything you wanted to see. You saw the explosive athlete. You saw the length. You saw the size. You saw the power. Hmm. You saw all of it. Um. And then it's as though time stood still. Yeah. There's been no real sense of linear improvement. And there's, and there's a lot of stuff that's happened around that. His injuries history is, is not amazing. It's like mm. there's torn ACL, yeah. kidney infection, shoulder surgeries, yeah. um, and his sister died of cancer this year as mm. well. And uh, this year was very much sort of a year about him kind of working his way back to being that guy after all of that mm. and you sometimes we make excuses for people mm. and you know I, i've done it as well but i think if you have all that going on in your life and also if you're stuck in a defense that to be fair hasn't really pushed him to be all that creative in fact you know <laughs> defensively I think they're guilty of kind of cheating both their D-line prospects this year of any real development. Mm. I think they've kind of, they, they did, they, they haven't really pushed or challenged Miles Murphy either. And that's been to his detriment too. Yeah, I'm concerned by that. But I do think that Brissy, is all about what you're willing to take a gamble on. And are you willing to take a gamble on 6'5", 298? Massive, powerful, explosive guy. Mm. But he is kind of, it's not as pronounced as it is with someone like Lucas Van Ness, yeah. but Brissy is very limited in what he does when he engages with blockers. It's kind of, he gets his hands into the frame and runs his, and there isn't much beyond that as a pass rusher. It's strange. And I just wondered, it, it's all about, can the right DC unlock more from him? Cause there is clearly more mm. to, to be, gotten out of that person because you look at the traits and, and the flashes of, of play particularly as freshman film which is just like incredible and you think he can do this yeah it's just we need to get that out of him and it depends on who gets hold of him i think it's really important to think to consider that situation of him will be critical because he's had his development almost retarded by circumstance and mm. a sort of almost a, a mismanagement of talent. Mm. I agree. Mike, any thoughts? Yeah, he's, you're right, Dan, he's still raw mm. um, with injuries and everything and, you know, other stuff that's gone on, you know, in, in the personal life and, and that sort of stuff. When I was watching tape of him in 2022, I, I saw a lot of rotation and, I wondered whether that's intentional. Mm. Is it 
<clears throat> man just has a lot on his plate. Let's let's not mess around here for something you know to lose his sister and was it september as well i think it was at the start of the season yeah. you know it's got to be heart-wrenching um and maybe that was the case for him to see a lot of see a lot of rotation because i i think he hasn't paid you know paid a few hundred snaps sort of all in at college in 2021 yeah. he had multiple injuries that season including mm. the acl as you mentioned so um yeah, are you right? There's, there's a, there's a player in there. Like the, my first sentence here is just that he causes mayhem when, when, mm-hmm. when the gears go and he's just a hustler, and he gives it a hundred percent on every play, and and that ticks so many boxes for me as a starter. Yes, you can talk about production all day long, mm-hmm. but production isn't always the be all and end all. What you only need to do is look at a decent cornerback, and that'll explain it. Um. You know he's he's got pass rush reps. He, I'd like to see a bit more of a plan B from him mm-hmm. when he does get a bit locked up. Wh- where are we going next? Yeah. Um, you know I saw a little bit more out of that from someone I can see who has a few more reps in the in the re- a few more skill sets in the repertoire. He's a sort of guy that you imagine a team will take him. Let's say back end of the first, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. and. Three years later, everyone's scratching their head, going, "God, we let that guy go through." Yeah, <laughs> you know that sort of way. He, he's he's one of those that just screams to me because he's he's got all the pedigree. As you said, in five star recruit, it's there and it has been for a number of years. Just needs the right guy to unlock him. Yeah, it seems to be a theme, uh, particularly with the interior defensive line this year, of of players that that have to go to the right team. Like all three yeah. players we've spoken about. Like there, there's a there's a real chance that Jalen Carter needs a Pete Carroll to just make sure that he is going to be the player that that he probably can be. Clyde Conti involves someone with a bit of creative flair uh, in terms of defense, which is not something you talk about very often with the the interior guys. Uh, and Brian Bressy Bressy needs um, someone that's actually going to. To, to sit there and say, right, so this guy is 100% effort. I know I'm getting someone that is going to be willing to put the reps in. But you can tell just the way he plays is just all effort. Um, and the, even when he's offensive lineman having beat, he's still playing. Um, there's no get up. It, it just, he always just seems to play to the whistle and he just plays through offensive linemen, even if he's not. I know it sounds weird, not playing through offensive linemen, even if he's being mm. completely stood up, he's still pushing. And I think you're absolutely right. I think you put him with the right coach and they are going to say, right, so we're going to spend the summer not worrying about this, which we know you do incredibly well. We're now going to concentrate on a couple of other things. Uh, and I need you to put the effort that you put in on the field into becoming a, a much better rounded player. And that might take a couple of years, but at the end of it, then you're probably going to have a very, very talented uh, defensive lineman. So yeah, I agree. Um, next guy's a bit different, Mazzy Smith. Mazzy Smith, once again, I watch tape with no audio and I see their names and I very rarely look at uh, the pronunciation parts. So apologies mm-hmm. if this is wrong. Um, first, like proper out and out, what, resembles a nose tackle in the modern modern game. Mm. 
mm-hmm. it's not really a position that exists so much anymore but it is what i would the closest thing i would describe him as uh but slower than initial burst which is a problem but inconsistent against blocks strength and obvious athleticism um will be appealing for an nfl team there are teams that haven't seen a player like smith in a very very long time that will go okay yes yes exactly yeah <laughs> that that will all of a sudden see just this just this amazing player that will absolutely come in and just fill a gap mm-hmm. um concerned he'll struggle against bigger offense nfl linemen but then i could write that about every single player on this list mm-hmm. um um square peg issues i've got written here once again square peg round hole if you if you put him in the wrong team then he is not going to be effective but there are so many teams that are crying out for a player like him that I think he is going to do very, very well yet in this year's draft. So, yeah, I, I really like him. Um, it's just when you watch him compared to like the other guys before, you're like, well, he's a bit slow. And then you go, no, he's also three, 30 pounds heavier than everyone else on this list and playing an almost completely different position. So like you have to take a step back and go, okay, right, let's let's just reevaluate what I'm actually watching here. I'm watching someone push two offensive linemen back. That's very, very impressive. <laughs> never, never, <laughs> never not think that. That's that's incredible. Um I, I as you say, Mike, I'm assuming he's a player that you've got kind of like on your uh board for the Steelers then. Yeah, for me. It it's it's a it's a role we've missed in in, in mm. fair few years. Um the first thing you said that made me laugh about is slow off, yeah. off the start. I, there was so many times I was watching tape of his yeah. and pausing it. Yes. And he hadn't moved. Yes. But everyone else had. It's <laughs> like, that's not a great start. No. Um, uh. he's, he's all physical traits and the technique needs polishing, mm. Mm. I think. But it, it's such a good base to work on because he's not to not to lump on the big fella, but they don't need to be the most technical player on the yeah. planet. Like, like yeah. we said earlier, some people are just there to do a job. It's not the flashy job. It's to fill a hole for someone else to get the flashy job. Yeah. Mazzy Smith rings, rings that quite firmly with me that that's the sort of guy he could be. Don't get me wrong. There, there yeah. is some polished technique to him there. Um, Let's see. Let's see if I can quickly scan through notes. Like his strength is unbelievable. Yeah. Mm. Was Mazzy Smith um, Bruce Feldman's freak list? I think at the start of the season he might have been number one actually. Oh really? Because he could bench press something ridic- ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, if I you, find it first, you're off. <laughs> Usually, when you when you see the freaks list, it's like. Guys who are three hundred pounds and run a four four. Mm. I kind of rarely see it when it's. Oh no, I can't see it. Um, yes, he was. Yes, I'm just looking at it. Number now. one, twenty two bench reps at three twenty five. Oh my god! <laughs> to now, now to put that into perspective, the combine is two twenty five. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's, he's lived twenty two of himself. Pretty much, or close to at least. Like that's bonkers. That's. That... I know it, it, he's he's something. He's a physical specimen, mm. and wherever wherever he lands, there's going to be teams that are going to fall in love with this guy. Yeah, he's got a bit of like 
the true fans will have his jersey as well. I know that sounds weird, but like the the guys that follow the team week in week out, like amongst all the quarterback jerseys, you'll see like a Smith jersey as well because the people will fall in love with him. I think so. Yeah, he's um. So he shows up to the combine. And he just does the one drill. Yeah. He just does the bench press and goes home. He, he just does the thirty-four <laughs> reps and is like, "You don't need to see any explosive testing because I don't want to put any explosive testing out." And we all know why. Because you know that. that Sir, can you use both not... hands this time? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like it's it's. It... Everybody can see that that he. It's. I don't even think it's a lack of explosiveness. I think he just struggles to kind of key on the snap. As yeah. it were, and, it, and you, you can practice that. And he kind of, if you're not naturally explosive, you really do have to kind of attune yourself to the snap of the football and to movement, as yeah. opposed to just you know being twitchy and getting away with it. So yeah, I mean, but he's physically pretty much what you want. I mean, in terms of just dimensions, mm. six three, three twenty three. Um, arm length thirty three point seven five, hand size nine point seven five. There's no nothing there that's an outlier. Mm. There's nothing there that excludes him from being a zero or a one tech and being an effective one. He's physically strong enough. It's just about whether he can improve on that that get off that kind mm. of response to the snap or keying on it and anticipating it, but a bit better to make himself more effective. Because throughout the course of the season, he got better. Mm. He got progressively better as the season went on. And there's a lot to that. You know, that, that, that says to coaches like, oh, okay, week one was an abomination. By week six, he's okay. And by week 11, we can see something now. And that, that's, that's kind of how his rookie year would have to go anyway. So if you can see that there's a, you know, he, he can demonstrate linear improvement through a season, hmm. you, know, you can kind of get behind that with rookies. It's like, yeah. oh, he can learn. <laughs> he can get better. So we'll do this. But yeah, yeah uh, you'll fall in love with the power. Yeah. The power. So, so if, if your concern is that Smith is a bit slow, um, but just an absolute line mover when he gets going, uh, maybe instead you should go for Siaki Aika, who is just lightning quick off the snap, but then drops off a bit after that. <laughs> so... It just feels like if they ran at each other, you'd have this perfect like interior of a defensive lineman. Um, I, I, I mean, I even put some teams have moved away from having bigger internal guys. Uh, we'll need to find the right team, but could be a factor from the get go. So I think I think he is someone that can come in straight into a team and be a rotational defensive lineman when you need someone that's just going to absolutely just be a grenade. Uh, uh, against certain offensive lines and cause no end of problems and to allow your potentially more talented edge players to come in and 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 just cause absolute mayhem. Uh, I really like him. Like, he's different from Smith, plays completely different. He's not really a nose, but like he, he, uh, he, he he's also a bigger guy that plays very, very well. I dropped another name in there. Would you reckon? I'm just trying to go quick fire now with the rest of the guys. Would you reckon, mm. James? Ikers, I don't know. I, I once again, I, I, I don't. Him, I just read their names. So yeah, but, I think he's more of a, a, a reach and a projection for mm. me. I think he's too heavy. Yeah, he he doesn't wear his weight very yeah, well. Whereas Smith think. Smith is playing a completely different position. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's yeah. not he's not a strong three three five. Yeah, he's not. 
and he did explosive testing and at the combine and it wasn't great and that shows up as well he's not an explosive guy it's kind of he, he is a kind of <laughs> nuancy ish kind of pass rush specialist but he has the physical dimensions and athletic profile of someone who's a run defender yeah it, it, that's a square peg in a round hole for me absolutely so i struggle to kind of project what he is at the next level you watch he'll go to the hall of fame now that i've said <laughs> that but you know he, you he will uh he will bring in um a, a i struggle a uh, a new era of 340 pound plus uh defensive linemen that, that are yeah. just all going to be exceptional in in a faster quicker nfl that suddenly slowed down i i kind of agree i think my big prediction for the year is that we're going to see running backs just go absolutely ballistic in the NFL this year um, for one reason or another, mostly being that that offensive minds are very aware of what's happening on defense at the moment. And also mm-hmm. very aware that running backs seems to be a commodity that you can get hold of fairly easily yep. uh, with better offensive lines, whilst wide receiver is proving to be difficult to, 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 to come by. So as a result, teams will fall in love with his size as a run defender but he's not i don't know i don't think he's an amazing run defender if i'm honest with you which is mm. a problem so yeah would you reckon mike yeah it's a, it's a shame because his mm. his play in 2021 was much better than 2022 yeah. and i think that's mm. gonna that's gonna knock him quite quite significantly this year around i think mm. there was a lot of expectation on him and it just hasn't come as just hasn't mm. come this year i agree he probably could do it with losing a few pounds and maybe mm. trying to get a little bit more athleticism out of, out of his frame by doing that. Yeah. Um, I, I just think there's a few more guys in this class that'd be, that'd be ranked above. Yeah. Ego, unfortunately it, um, yeah, it's a bit of a combination of things which have, which have hurt him. I think. There's a guy in this class actually, who um, is going to be someone that I think could be interesting in a year or two. Who, who is it, James? Just out of interest. It's Javon Dexter. Okay, yeah, fair play. Yeah, he he's not he's not very far along in his development at mm. all. But it's this absolutely crazy kind of tools. Mm. It's weird. It's like um, an even raw version of like what Tari Wilson is as an edge defender. He's he, he is just literally this ball of athletic clay. He is not a refined pass rusher in any sense. He needs some real development in that and in the way he uses his hands, in the way that he sort of sheds blocks and all of that. But I look at the tape mm. and there's flashes of him just being this incredibly twitchy, bendy, flexible player that just and you think a couple of years in the right scheme, he could develop into a good player, a really good player. Mm. Um and then he went and tested at the combine and the combine testing was just, was really strong as well. Mm. And like six, six, three, ten, he ran a four, eight, eight, you know, uh, vertical of 31, broad it's of bonkers, 92, it? it's, three it's... cone of 7.5. And you just look at that. And then you look at the flashes on tape, which are few and far between. And there's not mm. a lot of consistency. And you think if it's like the end of day two, mm. start of day three, and I've already got, a couple of starters on my D line. Maybe I I do get him into my rotation and see what I can do. A couple of players later on this list that are very much, I am going to have to pay 
whoever it was I drafted three, four years ago soon. Um, mm. So I need to get a replacement in for him because I can't afford to pay a defensive tackle as well as everyone else have gone the team. Yeah, uh, And I think there's a couple of players that you bring in almost like on internships, essentially, to be like, these guys are eventually going to take over the role. Yeah. Um, before we move on, what do you reckon, Mike? If, if For anyone listening, watch the game against Kentucky. Mm. He he mm. was just a nuisance. He was mm. everywhere. Honestly, pressures galore, tackles for loss. It, it was ridiculous. If you watch that game alone... Hmm. You're sizing them up for a for for a gold jacket right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's and, top five player. Yeah, oh, that unbelievable top five player. Yeah. <laughs> what I like about him as well is is whilst there are some technical elements that he hasn't got yet, hmm. there's little things I like to spot which mean on the grand scheme of things don't mean anything really. But it's hmm. one of those little things you kind of go, well, I'll jot that down as a little note. You know, silly things like, you know, the DT's 10 yards, 15 yards down the field chasing a running back. You might not get like to that running back, but you kind of go, take that off the list. This guy gets his hands and arms in the air hmm. to block passing lanes. Hmm. And he does he get them near the ball? He may not. I couldn't tell you if he has tip passes, led it to interceptions, whatever. Irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. The, the fact that he does it can make a massive difference. Yeah. Um, that one time in in a two-season window, it does do something. It's a game-changer because he's been doing that mm. all his college career. Just little things like that I love to see. If he can <clears throat> if he can work on the other technic, technique elements mm. to his game as well, I've got him in exactly that sort of range of end of day two, early part of day three. Mm. As a guy, to, as you say, we need a little bit of depth here, potential, a rotational guy. Let's get him in. Mm. Totally agree with you, boys. Yeah, yeah, I really like him. I, I think, um, I don't know. Do you remember the year JJ Watt had like like four or five batted passes? Just yeah. because like if he couldn't get to the quarterback, he just put his arms in the air. Um, and as you say, there's something that's not going to happen every season. That was never going to be something that is a consistent measurement of how good JJ Watt was. But it was one of those, if you can do it, especially if there are a number of shorter quarterbacks entering the NFL at the moment as well. Okay, I hate right. myself for saying that, but yeah. Yes. Low hanging fruit. I mean, really low hanging fruit. Like yeah, five I know. Do you yeah. know though, and, and not not to wear my Steelers hat, but you look at the two interceptions that Joe Burrow threw against uh, TJ Watt last mm. season. Mm. Yeah. You don't see guys making those plays unless they're clued on enough to get their hands in the air to make a play. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yep. Um, a couple of other could be good. Oh, I have one more. Yeah. I have one yeah, more. For it. Yeah, there is one more <laughs> that that if I had to put a fiver on them being a really good pro. Yeah. Keanu Benton. That was my next guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Keanu Benton. Yeah. Uh, I like him more than most people, I think. Mm. He's the one who is a good zero, a good one, and a good three. Yeah. Um, and at those positions, he, he wins the same way. So it's technique. Shedding blocks, it's you know, all those things that you, you, you sort of have to learn. He's, he's got those. Um, sometimes the hand placement's a bit off and a bit mm. funky, but um, and he looks like a good DT. And then you, 
but you're sort of left wondering, well, what's the ceiling with him? Hmm. And the answer is his combine testing. His combine testing was mental, hmm. considering. I mean, so we're looking at a 7343 cone at DT, a 9-3 jump. The vertical's 29, which is not great. 25 bench press. Benton did everything. He was clearly trying hmm. to prove a point here. Um, and you only do everything if you are certain you can. 508 at 508, 40 yard dash at 309. And, you know, he's got reach at 33.975 inch arms. That That's going to tell a team that what I see, there is a bit more to unlock athletically with him. Mm. And I think he, he is the kind of guy who does project to being sort of, you know, his 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 floor, his, his range of outcomes for me is probably like a top 25 to 15 D tackle mm-hmm. for yeah. his career, which is not bad. But I think I think he's an interesting player. I, I I really liked him. I found him an easy watch. I've got three sentences written on him. Uh, so I've got um, relies on strength because it's there. He's got he's ridiculously strong. Yeah. I even put that the strength is really impressive. Makes offensive linemen look like children. Um, yeah. And he is the winner of this year's I Can Fix Him Award. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. now, there will be coaches in the NFL looking at him going, no, I can fix him. He, he's the guy. And it's generally the coaches that, you know, definitely couldn't that, that, that are thinking uh, that as well. But I'm thinking that I could fix that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Will could yeah. fix it. Will could fix it in a week. Yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely um, the, the guy I look at most. And, and, you know, there'll be coaches watching tape going, no, no, I can fix that. I can I can fix that. That won't be a problem. Yeah. Give them to me. So, yeah. Any thoughts, Mike? I'm a massive fan as well. Yeah, yeah. His 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 strength is such a such a plus. He moves people so well. He he's it's strength not just in the upper half of his body, but the lower half as well. He doesn't mm-hmm. get bullied, and he can swallow double teams. Yeah. And again, yeah. we we spoke earlier about the sort of guy who can take on a double team and not just be annihilated, but fills a gap for someone else to come in and make a play. There's room for that. And that's almost verbatim what I've given into my notes here. There is room, there's a place for that in the NFL. Yeah. And he's a guy that could do that. If you polish off a couple of the airs at the side, yeah, as you say, I can imagine there is a coach out there going, yeah, I can sort that. Six, yeah. mo- six months in my utilage, you yeah. won't even recognize him. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And if he goes yeah. to the right place, that's true. But, but mm. yeah, there is also the concern that, that there are also coaches out there that think they can fix absolutely everyone. So, uh... Keanu Benton, you are a Baltimore Raven. Oh my God, he'd be perfect. <sighs> sorry, <Lance>. Mike. <laughs> oh, sorry, Mike. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Appreciate that's a, that. That's a really good. We're going to get on to another. We're going. We're going to get on to another player later. We're going to have a similar reaction as well. Unfortunately, I, I've got one more player I want to talk about on this list, um, and that is Moro Ojomo. And it's simply if you're in day two, or day three even, um, and you need an interior rusher, he's probably a pretty safe bet. Like we see interior pass rushes go off the board pretty quickly, but I think he could still be there in like the later part of day two, early parts of day three as someone that you could potentially bring in and actually cause some problems and be a problem from the get go as well. I don't necessarily, I think he's a rotational player. Um, requires a lot of work to be a standout uh, player. I've written here, athleticism there, but he is an interior rusher. And when you get to like this area, it's a lot of, past defenders if if you need someone to be an interior rusher then i think he can potentially be um he was weird because he doesn't look like an athlete no again his testing was the testing of an athlete (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> so, explosive testing was yeah. like, where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is it? A 33 inch vertical, which like is nuts. But then he's, he's 292, so you kind of probably expect that. Yeah. 50440, 29 reps on the bench press, and 94 broad jump. So yeah. where is this explosion on, on film? Yeah. But then which is a concern. The pass rush. The pass rush win rate, I think it was 18%, which for a DT is immense. Mm. You know, the production's there. So it's kind of, you feel all right about that. You feel all right about the floor of the plate with the player there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not a bad shout, actually. I, I think just like as you're you're getting through the list, he's definitely on a few boards of, right, so we filled these positions, but we do desperately need someone that's going to win on the inside. Yeah. Bring him in. Yeah. Anything to add, Mike? Not a player I've got to yet, lads. Although yeah. I am. Putting his name as the next man on the DT on the DL line list to uh, to scale. Nice. Uh, anyone got anything? Anyone else that I've missed? I am spent. Yeah, me too. Like <laughs> as much as I'm trying to big up some of these players, this was so, uh, as much. Oh, as actually, have one prediction: Byron yeah. Young. He's a Bama DT. He will get overdrafted because you know. Helmet scouting. <laughs> can, I, can I put that into perspective? I don't know whether you can see my notes, but like, I don't have much on Moro Ajomo, but underneath you can see where I started writing about Byron Young and then just crossed it out. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I started watching with, I'm, no, I'm probably not going to talk about it if I'm honest with you. So, uh, yeah, I probably won't bother. So, yeah. Not an athlete. No. <laughs> not really. But anyway, that's all I've really got. Yeah. Um, can we, can we make a bold yeah. prediction that one team will draft both Byron Young from Bama and Byron Young from Tennessee as well. Oh, that would be oh, a just, just to go. Yes, of course it would be. Of course yeah. it would be. Michael Carter, meet Michael Carter, meet Byron Young, meet Byron Young. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, now they just um, need uh, both Lamar Jacksons as well. Of both course, Michael yeah. Carters. Yeah. And both Michael Carters. Uh, that might be an off-season pod when we're particularly bored. We'll start like putting together teams of... <laughs> Like, again, the pairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. The only, it's a few more I've seen, but the one guy I, I quite liked, which I've not heard much of, mm. is Jacqueline Roy out of LSU. Mm. Um, I'm just going to call him Jackie Roy. I don't know why. E. Neither name. Re- mm. I'm just calling him Jack Roy, actually. That'll probably be better. Jacqueline or Jackie doesn't really do anything. Um, but he's another big guy. Didn't have great testing at the convoy, though. Not, mm. not not one not one to jump out, but decent length, kept his frame well, will take will deal with double teams as well. Mm. Um I did I did say wanted to see the numbers of the combine, wasn't a big fan. Yep. But the bench press bench press was good. Bench press I think mm. was, was was over thirty. Um I'd like to see him finish plays a little bit more, but he's he he's got a good motor to him as well. And for a for a day three pick I liked. I just. I enjoyed watching the tape. He's not going to be a superstar, but he's a sort of player I enjoyed watching the tape because he calls himself a bit of a menace with the with blocker. So, Jackie mm. Roy for anyone who fancies a little bit of, who doesn't want to watch mm. a bit of deep defensive tackle scouting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. My only I piece of advice yeah. for him: if you couldn't get your three cone under eight seconds, don't do the three cone. <laughs> 801 don't, just don't 801 not 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 good i honestly think 
there is a genuine career for someone whose job it is to stand to to visit and perspective NFL prospects and go, nah, mate, nah, don't do that. <laughs> what, I want what, to do what that. Thinking about I doing? want to do that. I want to yeah. say, look, yeah. no, just don't. Just it's don't. Not, just don't. Work. Yeah, just don't, don't. Just don't do it. Don't give them ammunition. Like, you've got dysentery. You yeah. can't do it today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I think that's what I've learned from from being ten. You imagine turning up to all the shit all morning, and they will believe. Turning up to all the interviews, going, "Well, why didn't you run dysentery?" Oh, okay. <laughs> Another one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fourth guy today. <laughs> it's <laughs> rife. Say... It's rife in the state of Indiana. <laughs> the bad guy going, "Yeah, that's great." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you want to bench that? <laughs> Have you five thought about great. dysentery? <laughs> You're a linebacker. You can only do five reps. Yeah, Just yeah. don't do it. Just don't do the bench. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's always the self-confidence that's the issue, isn't it? Like, I, I got the feeling that Jalen Carter turned up to George, his Georgia Pro Day and went, I know I can do this. And he needs someone in his entourage of people that surround him to say, this is an unpopular uh, maybe as you said maybe you like you know you got you pulled your hammy a little bit uh, mm. but you'll be you'll be good to go for training camp and so maybe just go talk to people instead no no i'm going to go do it with my shirt off Whoa, okay oh no no put your shirt back on as well for starters <laughs> let's let's get that one like under control like i don't care what you look like as if you can still be jalen carter from college but but at the same time there will be people that genuinely do care about that kind of thing. Uh, and there will be coaches that look at it and go, hmm, no, I don't like that. So yeah, James, you need to get out there with your uh, winning, just whiteboard, just <laughs> dysentery, just better. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, no, no, I, yeah. I, I really wouldn't throw today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anthony's out there. I wouldn't throw. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. Um, running backs, mm. James. This is this was this is your mm-hmm. what a time to be alive. <laughs> so usually you say time... that sarcastically, and somehow that sounded more sarcastic than it's ever sounded. <laughs> but it really is. But it really what a time to be alive. Yeah. This is this is this is this is this is crazy because yeah. like running back is the bright shining light the offensive draft this year yeah we, we i mean i was not sold on saquon because mm. saquon was like you know here's 30 yards here's minus four mm. here's zero here's 20 here's minus five minus six minus eight here's 30 yards here's 40 oh i've got 100 yards yeah but we've not done anything um <laughs> and he was sort of he still is that kind almost kind of still that boom and bust runner mm. But this year we have a guy who I truly believe is better because he's just more consistent and just in all three phases of the game, very good. <laughs> like mm. very good. In fact, in terms of like his ability to be elusive in the open field as a runner, he's incredible. Mm. I, I legitimately incredible. He's like uh, for a smooth change of direction at speed, 
it's like he's he's moving and able to move in a way that with smoothness that most people can't most people who are really really good in the open field have lost the ability to be sort of like jitterbugs that change direction in a jerky way he's smooth and that's deceptive and that's really effective and he's also kind of an one of the most underused receiving backs I've ever seen. A guy who legitimately has the ability to play snaps at wide receiver and be a legitimate separator. Mm. And a very serviceable pass blocker. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the all singing, all dancing, Mr. Bijan Robinson of the Texas Longhorns. Like it's it's crazy that you hadn't even mentioned his name and I like, yeah, I know who we're talking about. Like it's like it's not even to the point where I thought you'd already said his name. Like that's that's how obvious it was. He is unbelievable. He is. Here's a question I have. We haven't got to wide receivers yet, but if you were to rank him amongst the wide receivers as a receiver, where would you rank him? Top twenty. Yeah. Top fifteen. Yeah. As a as a route runner and a separator. Yeah. Yeah. Which is bonkers because he's he's a running back. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely. I'm a fan. Is, is is he the most complete running back since Pearson? He, he, I mean, I've I've been watch. I've so I've been sort of doing this probably twenty. Uh, yeah, twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. I started really deep diving into the draft, and. Hmm. I say start, I may have got 20 players in 2012. Um, mm. I think I got 310 last year. So the times have changed. <laughs> um, I've not seen a better running back than Bijan Robbins in the 10 years, easily. And I, you know, I'm guessing AP just because of what it, you know mm. other pe- people have said about him. He is arguably the most complete back in 10, 15 years. I can't get over, you know, I hadn't seen much Texas tape this season so I you know was waiting for the end of the season to watch you know to watch his plays and I mean when I sat down to watch the tape I closed the curtains and lit a candle you know it was it was almost like I, I, need, a, I need a I need a moment with myself like this 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 could be special um and it was yeah. unbelievable like this this watch the Bama tape and I was so disappointed that the QB got injured so because that's actually one of the games I did watch mm. when it was on because it wasn't on a bleeding two in the morning. Quinn Ewers was really good in that game, yeah. Yeah, and then didn't they end up on their third string quarterback as well, Texas, actually? I mean, I was on the bench stretching my arm. I was nearly a QB4, <laughs> um, which was such a shame. But he he had a reception in that game. It was a pass down the seam, and he had to... ball was coming over his shoulders, and he had to turn, yeah. twist his body, yeah. continue to yeah. twist his body as I'm doing yeah. it in my swivel chair to make the catch. I went Jerry Seinfeld gif, you know, when he goes, no, I'm done, I'm done. I'm a, I, there was no point watching anymore. There wasn't any, because it was, for a guy to be able to do that, you just got, yeah, what, what else do I need to say? Really? I clo- I finished mine to say he's, might be the most complete running back I've ever watched. And I, and I, I stand by that. You know, he, he's going to be, I'll do a big board. He'll be top two. Yeah. You know, position of value is irrelevant, but he'll be, a, he'll be a top two. He's like um, the last time I watched a running back prospect in the last kind of decade where I was like, holy cow, um, was um, me and Dan were together. And I think we've told the story before. We were watching Josh Dobbs. It's in my mind. Yeah. We were sat there 
trying to scout Josh Dobbs and yeah. we couldn't scout Josh Dobbs because the running back was insane <laughs> and the running back was Alvin Kamara. Yeah. <laughs> so we were scouting the wrong player because we couldn't take our eyes off of the running back when we were trying to watch the quarterback. And that was the last time I felt like that about a running back. The closest I came since was probably Javante Williams. Yeah. And even he, comparative to Bijan Robinson, is nowhere near as smooth. And in the receiving game, is nowhere near as refined. And just, um, I, I, he, I mean, there's been a ton of comps. I think for me, you know, some people have compared it to Edger and James. Some people mm. compare him to Alvin Kamara. There's another guy later who's more like Alvin Kamara than, than Bijan. Bijan for me is like what would happen if you had Matt Forte and turned him up to 11. Wow, that's a great comparison. Yeah, That's what he is. That's what I think he can be. Like Matt Forte turned up to 11. Yeah. And let's not forget there was a period of time when Matt Forte was awesome. I'll stand by this. That, that he. I mean, obviously, I'm going to say this. But one of the most underrated players in the league, like he was just doing, ab- he was the Bears' offense for so long, on his own. In the same way that I think Charles Tillman is one of the most underrated players in the NFL as well. But yeah. it, 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 Matt Forte was was incredible, and yeah, B. John Robinson, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, I could definitely see that as well. But but even the measurables, they're all absolutely what you're looking for. It's five eleven, it's two fifteen. You know, the arms are fine, the hands are fine. Four four six forty. That shows up a vertical of 37, which for a running back is really good. 10 4 broad jump for a running back is really good. Explosive numbers, those are wide receiver explosive numbers in a running back body. You, you bet on that as well. And it, it, every box ticked, you know. And 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 you know what? If I am Atlanta and I'm Arthur Smith and I'm like, hmm, how do I feel about Tyler Algier? <laughs> yeah, flip him for a third. <laughs> and get Bijan? I don't know. Wow. That's that's a really great landing spot. As the AFC North rep who has seen him being drafted far too many times in mocks to the Bengals, uh, I would welcome that with He's open not arms. going that far. He's not falling I that far. No d- way. I do not want him anywhere near that sort of position. I gladly want to hear someone taking him at 10 or 11 or somewhere like that. I think it's possible. He would not. He would not make it past fourteen. You reckon? I I don't reckon. I I reckon that if he got to fourteen, that Belichick would pull the trigger. I guarantee he would. Guarantee. I mean, you hope so. So like, it, there is uh, everything about me saying. Well, I'd be surprised. Is that the stink of him being a running back? It's one hundred percent. It's it's. And it, it, I should, I need to just get that out of my 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 head. So, but when the Saints lost Michael Thomas, hmm. he's still not back, really. And then you know you start to see the decline in Drew Brees. Yeah. What was the real catalyst, the real driving force behind like the production in that offense? Uh, it's very core. Yeah. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I agree. I think if you've got a running back that projects to be a guy that can catch 50 to 60 balls a year as well for six, 700 yards, that's slot receiver production as well, on top of them being a running back. My only concern, yeah. wear and tear. Hmm. 
Yeah. Wear and tear. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got a ton of touches, but then it's actually not that many. Actually, now I look at it, um, it's 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 just north of five hundred touches in three seasons. Um, but like, yeah, I think when you see what the Jags were eventually able to do with Travis Etienne as well, like that should make you think. You know what? If you can find a legitimate game-changing running back. And I think he probably is. Yeah. Then, then, then why not? Uh, I think. I think in in if we were to redraft Travis Etienne, probably gets drafted a bit higher, despite the injury. But yeah. That mm. uh, mm. bears at nine. You reckon? You think you think with Fields playing how he's? I'm not, I'm not saying it's yeah. going to happen, but could you imagine an offense with Fields, Bijan? Oh, it excites me. Or Kmet, <laughs> yeah. Claypool, Herbert. And no tackles. I, and no tackles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will not hear a bad word said about fifth round pick Braxton Jones, okay? You will. You will. So, yeah, Southern Utah's finest. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I could see it I'm, just because they I'm lost. Tr- I'm just trying to think landing spots. Yeah. And. Yeah. I mean, stop me, Raiders, Falcons, Bears, Eagles. Eagles is oh, Eagles is interesting. Didn't the Eagles pick up a running back? I my mind escapes me now, and I'm just going to look it up. Sanders is gone. Hmm. Um, Titans no, Texans By the way, no. I could quite happily mock draft any player in the draft this year to the Philadelphia Eagles. Like it just they have everyone. So it's kind of like uh yeah, so that they're running backs they picked up Rashad Penny, that was who they picked up. Um but then he doesn't Is that stopping is that stopping you? No. Um but then if you're drafting Bijan, then you you are thinking potentially that there is a chance that Rashad Penny if you can he keep him healthy, might overshadow how good he is. That being well, said, if... maybe you're playing both of them and you're playing you're playing him in the slot instead, maybe. Mm. Don't underestimate situational drafting. Yeah. Let's imagine there's a big run on corners mm. and you get to pick twelve. Yeah. And there's no one of any real value at pick twelve for Houston. Yeah. Except for Bijan. Yeah. But then you've got Damien Pierce, I suppose. So I don't know that you would. Yeah, Damien Pierce is an outlier, isn't it? It's, yeah, I don't think fair, the Jets would. The Texans are the no. one team. It's the one position the Texans can probably go, you know what? We're cool. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's, yeah. yeah, maybe, I maybe, yeah. I can see him going to New England. He's probably the only offensive player that would. Can I, can um, I throw an interesting one out there? Who? Titans at 11. But Henry Not must be already there. out the door. Yeah. Or... Mm. It wouldn't have been the first time the GM made a call over the head coach's head, but hmm. do you know what? I think if he got to like eighteen, yeah, you're picking the phone up. Yeah, hundred percent. I think Detroit would just say yeah. 
okay, let's do this. Let's let's just not muck about. Let's not let let's stop this slide right here. And I think that Detroit walk away with whatever corner they want at six, <laughs> you know, or potentially Will Anderson or Jalen Carter if there are four quarterbacks in a row and Arizona gets out of three. Then do you think they so potentially... he gets past Green Bay then? Who I don't see that Green Bay would go for it. I think Green Bay are going to make a point of drafting a wide receiver. <laughs> that is the <laughs> most spiteful thing. Or they draft a Dalton Kincaid or a Michael Mayer or a wide receiver. I, I would uh, yeah, definitely go with Dalton Kincaid. Hmm. I could definitely see um, that. Or only, Michael Mayer. Hmm. Only talk with the Lions is they did sign David Montgomery. Yeah, and they still have Swift on the contract, but Swift must be on his last last year now because Jamal's gone. Let me throw a name out. Yeah, Chargers. Yeah, isn't there a lot of talk with? I, I can't remember how the Austin Eckler stuff is finished. As, as I don't think it has. Like, so he's asked for a trade, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's still like he'll play, but he's not happy. We're now at a point where trades aren't going to happen to the draft, right? Like it's. We're at the. We had the initial rush. Then there's a big gap where teams are like evaluating what they actually need, and then you get to draft night or at least the week before draft night, and trades start happening right the way through to the end of the month. He will be gone. He will be gone by pick twenty. Come hell or high water, someone will trade up for him. He yeah. should. Yeah, he should. And yeah. I just pray it's not the Bengals or the Chiefs. <laughs> Because then it's over. It's basically over. And everyone in the end yeah. might as well just stop. Yeah. There's no point. About Ravens. Sorry, Mike. I mean. <sighs> they have enough. They have, they have enough needs. Is it? Oh, can't, can't mention the quarterback. <laughs> I get kicked out of the press conference. <clears throat> what? Did you did you not see that story? No, I missed about... that. What's, what's... So all the local press, Rave, um, Harbaugh, and the oh, what's the new GM's name, the Costa, were yeah. were in a press conference, mm. and they were told, reporters were told, don't mention anything to do with Lamar Jackson, and mm. one of the reporters said, which I think is a very valid question, mm. you know, we're not specifically talking about the Lamar Jackson situation, but given that what's gone on, is this going to make you reevaluate the quarterback position in the draft? Mm. Which I think is a fairly open and honest question, and they were shouted at by the Baltimore Ravens staff and told you were told not to ask those sort of questions. And honestly, what's it? The faces of Harbaugh was like when I was getting scalded as a five-year-old, really mad because I did something wrong. You know, this very awkward looking to the left, don't make eye contact, and they won't know it's me. It was I was a car crash interview or a start of the press conference brutal so do watch it it's hilarious <laughs> I, but, I, but i would i would say i would say that wouldn't i let's be fair so on a list of like reasons you don't want that question asked okay reason number one because you don't want to talk about contracts mm-hmm. reason number two because you don't want to talk about your potential draft strategies with regard to quarterback in the draft so the reporter should have thought there's reasons why they don't want this question asked mm. what could they possibly be mm. oh i mustn't ask a question about this then indirectly Mm. whilst not mentioning his name, because actually I'll still be annoying them and still get thrown out. <laughs> I, I think it's weird. I, I, I thought there were con- I thought there were rules in place that protected the press from actually being able to, to ask 
questions that they want to ask without being kicked out. Sure, there's there's no onus on then Harbar just going, well, I, I'm not in a position to answer that. But being actually Easy. kicked out, Straight back. yeah, like we're not in a position to answer that when we're actually prepping for the draft. There we go. We're but, just laughing yeah. for two minutes and then going, <laughs> no, and because move on. The long and short of it is they've got themselves in this situation. We, we're completely off, tra- off track now, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Sorry. They, no, that's all right. They, they've, they've got themselves into this situation. This is on them. Um, if they're not going to pay him, they're not going to pay him. But I suppose, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they've put a foot wrong this year. I, I think something weird is going on with Lamar Jackson. He is an MVP level quarterback. And surely one team's got to be like, you know what? I hate to bring this up, James, but Russell Wilson last year was traded for how many first round picks? Just just because to, yeah. But because he's Russell Wilson and I don't know. I, I think I, I find it I find it I find it all quite strange this this year with, with yeah. what's going on. Um so yeah. Bijan Robinson nuggets anyway. He <laughs> yeah. could go anywhere. Oh him, yeah. Bijan Robinson sure. <laughs> nuggets, right? Yeah. One hundred and four forced missed tackles. 104 last last year not a career last year so 104 missed tackles on 257 rushing attempts that's nearly every other attempt oh my good yeah okay right uh yards after contact per attempt 4.2 yards per attempt after after contact okay uh i mean uh 22 plus 22 carries of 15 plus yards and okay, two fumbles, not great, but it's two fumbles. It's it, I'm not going to lose any sleep over mm. that. He's just uh, too good, too good to pass up on. Too good to not take a risk. I would. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. okay, then definitively. Last time we danced around this question at time now. At what position, if you're drafting best player available, are you drafting Bijan Robinson? Based on talent mm. and how good he is at his position. Yeah. He would be number one on my board. Yeah. Please, yeah. Carolina, for the lols, draft Bijan Robinson instead of a quarterback. Just <laughs> Such a Panthers move. <laughs> it would be a move up to number one giving us DJ Moore in return and draft and draft. Please, <laughs> please, please do it. Um, you think he's the best player in the draft this year? Um, he is the player who is the best in his position. Interesting. In this draft and probably in the, in his position of the last 10 years that I've been really watching. And the College. golf between first ranked in his mm. position and the second ranked, I don't know of a bigger gap. Yeah. It's huge. Any any position across the board. Spot on. Nice. Well, the number two guy's really good too. Yay! <laughs> so who's the number two guy? <laughs> it's it's probably Jameer Gibbs. All right. I think it's Jameer Gibbs. I don't know. I, I just think He's another one who you look at the skill set and you're kind of like, 
I can deploy him on, in almost every single scenario I can think of, running, throwing the ball. He's a really sort of shifty, sudden player who, who has the ability to break them off and just is a natural sort of... When you throw the ball to him, hmm. he is... He's, he catches the ball like a really good receiving running back, basically. Not like a wide receiver, but yeah. a really good receiving running back. He's really good at catching the ball and turning upfield in one smooth, fluid motion. Um, and then getting upfield really, really quickly. Um, his on-field speed matches the 40, 4-3-6, mm -hmm. which, is, which is quick. Um, a decent amount of burst. He doesn't run with a ton of power. He's not somebody who will stick it up in there in the A and B gap repeatedly i don't think he's somebody you could run 20 to 30 times a game but i think you can give him 13 to 14 carries and throw him and he'll catch six yeah. or eight six to eight passes and have 150 yards of total offense and a couple of touchdowns he's that guy yeah you know he's like that that kind of alvin kamara profile and i really do buy into how sort of elusive he is and he, he, for me, is kind of really, really suited to kind of perimeter runs in a sort of zone scheme because he's really good at kind of showing patience, but then having this ridiculous burst. And it just, he gets the perimeter in a hurry. It, he, he, he alters angles for D-linemen. And, and that's just so valuable. Yeah. And, you know, he's already wearing the red. So, like, he won't look that dissimilar when he's in a Niners jersey, then. Oh, that would be overkill. That would be incredible, <laughs> wouldn't it? It's overkill. It, surely that's the ultimate landing spot, though, right? Like, Well, yeah. But they already have a guy who does that. Yeah. I could be, too. When have that, when's that stopped them? What's, there needs to be a rule against that. There needs to be a rule. They so, need to you know, start preparing for the fact that they can't keep what they've got going too much longer. I can, I can imagine the whoever's playing quarterback there, the average depth of target must be about half a yard. <laughs> when you would, if someone like Gibbs played for them, jeez. Uh, the, the, other, the other obvious landing spot would be Miami Dolphins as well, just because of That's how close perfect. He, that yeah. would be yeah. absolutely perfect for that offense. Hmm. I don't know if it'd be perfect for the team, mm. but it'd be perfect for that offense. Yeah. I mean, and he's one of the few backs in this class to carry the ball more than 150 times with zero fumbles. Wow. So, you know, you know, he caught 44 passes for 444 yards. So, you know, ran the ball 151 times for nearly a, nearly a grand at 6.1 yards a clip. So, I'm looking at like his, his profile because I, I, I honestly, I don't have time to. To, to, to look at um, running backs as well as the players I said I'd look at. Uh, I barely have time to look at the players I said I'd look at. So it says here, had fumble problems at Georgia Tech with four and 383 career games, but then none in, in 2022, which is generally a very yeah. good sign, actually, because more often than not, it means they've recognized a problem and gone out of their way to solve that Especially problem. Especially when the amount of rushing attempts has gone up mm. as well. So that's a really good thing. Interesting. What do you, you reckon, Mike? 
gotta love the. I mean, he he should be drafted high on the symmetry of having forty four receptions for four hundred and forty four yards. That alone, <laughs> that, that alone, nicely done, is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're totally right. This guy needs you. This guy should not be measured on his rushing game. He mm. should be measured on touches. Twenty yeah. a game doesn't matter how they come. And sometimes it'll be five rush attempts. Sometimes it'll be 19 rushing attempts. It's irrelevant. Depending on the situation, he just needs to get the ball in his hand. I I can see a team like Miami, that'll just be overkill. Mm. But amazing to watch. Yeah. You know, credit. Um, I I think one of his big... Big positives is if you if you watch him in stretch plays, the patience yeah. he has to just wait and wait for it to develop and gone. Mm. Yep. And the speed speed's electric, stride length's electric. He's he's not a you know he's not a he's not going to trample over defenders or anything like that. He's not afraid to do it. It's just not his biggest strength in the world. But that's fine. He's got plenty of others going for him. Mm. Again, you you want him in a creative system to utilize him. Sending him 22 rushing attempts between center and guard is not going to work for him. You've got to be creative with this guy. He's he's going to be a fancy football darling, an absolute stat monster as well mm. after a year or two because he's going to get so many touches of the ball. Yeah. He is going to be everything I hoped Kenneth Gaywell would be. <laughs> and I'm still waiting on Kenneth Gainwell to be well, Kenneth is... Gainwell from Memphis. This is you potentially know, his year. One day. Yeah. Yeah. Memphis yeah. running back you, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, next up, James. Uh, okay. So um, my next one was, hmm. you're all going to hate me. It was Devin A-Chain. Okay. It was Devin A-Chain. Um, <laughs> he is... Small. Mm. Not five nine is not small for a running back, and no. one eighty five is not small for a running back. But he is slim. Yeah, mm. he's like a skinny one eighty five. Yeah. Okay. And he is again a guy that will not hold up sticking it in the A and B gap twenty carries a game. He is also not, not, not to be trusted in pass pro. Okay, let's get that out of the way now. <laughs> just don't, just don't do it. Just don't even try it. I mean, I just really wouldn't. I mean, if he's in there, yeah. he's not blocking. <laughs> no, for, for the sake of his parents and his family, <laughs> yeah. don't ask him to do it. So, I mean, but it's like a runner. Mm. So you normally have guys who have track speed and you're like, and in my head, when I hear about guys with track speed, I think of Andy Isabella. I mean, it's great mm. you've got this, but or Anthony Schwartz. You think it's great you've got this speed, but it's meaningless. <laughs> okay? Mm. But Devin A. Chain is like legitimately, he's a very different, he's an elusive runner too. He's a different elusive runner to Bijan Robinson. Mm. Devin A. Chain is what I mentioned earlier. He's that kind of choppy, jitterbuggy kind of, almost like teleporting. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird because he's small and he is slight. So you'll actually see inside runs where 
he is so good with his lateral quickness and running his feet and making lateral moves while still still moving forward whereby like there's this one zone run against i think it is bama mm-hmm. where he comes up to the b gap and the guard is got his hands on the dt mm-hmm. and the dt peaks his helmet to the guard's outside shoulder mm. and a chain fakes to run to the outside and then back to the inside mm. and so the dt then moves his head to the inside shoulder but a chain so laterally quickly he moves back to the outside shoulder again and then still cuts across him to the inside and this defender is just like what happened where did he go and before he knows it a chain's eight yards up the field he's ducked mm. under one tackle and sort of fallen through another and what looked like it could have been a two-yard loss because the the gap was full, he's created his own hole and his own block by his own jittery movements and broke two tackles. And you're like, okay, that that I can that I can get with as sort of an elusive runner. Mm. And he doesn't need a lot of space to be elusive. He, he can do it in confined spaces. It's just the running through contact that's the problem. Mm. He can evade contact brilliantly, but if you actually get your hands on him or any sort of larger portion of your body on him, not much happens after that. But I bet on the explosion, he's the kind of guy who will rip off huge ones every once in a while, mm. and he'll be that guy. Um, but he will be one of those running backs that does it out of kind of like spread formation where, you know, by formation you take defenders out of the box, and the box is light mm. so on that way. But he's just not the guy that you know you line up in twenty-one personnel on third and one and say get us two yards because he'll snap in half. There you are. That, yeah. That's Devin A chain, but he is super elusive. Isn't so, he? he he kind of strikes me as being someone that you give to a quarterback that you don't trust to be able to complete a third and eighteen. Does that make sense? Like if you've got like a, if you're going into the season with. Jacoby Brissett, for example, as your quarterback, mm. maybe you want, if you get yourself in third and long, you're not going to be relying on your prowess to bomb the ball downfield. You're going to be relying on the fact that you're going to ask someone to break a few tackles. Swing pass out of the backfield, yeah. I think yeah. if you're giving him a draw play on third and 18, mm. I think that's, that's probably not going to happen. But yeah, yeah I think he, he's not a natural receiver, but he, yeah, he's capable Hmm. Um, but like, I just bet on that elusiveness being really hmm. valuable to a team. It, it, it's really, really cool the way he can just do that to people, do things to people in the open field that, that just make you go, "Okay, you are ridiculous." In fact, hmm. you should be better. <laughs> Almost. People, uh, players that can move formations and players that can move the ball are should should be yeah. the focus of nearly every single team. In the NFL, yeah, or how how they rate whether that's important to them. So yeah, yeah, I can, I can see that. Mm. It's it's game changing the bit of mm. agility he has, isn't it? It's mm. there's not many people we've seen that can move like him. Yeah, love it. Anything else to add? Next, next. Who we got next? <laughs> <sighs> okay, I'll. I'll go Zach Charbonnet at UCLA. Nice. Who admittedly mm. 
first time I ever heard his name, definitely thought they said Chardonnay. <laughs> Amazing. Everybody Therefore, his, nick, his nickname shall be White Wine. Um, <laughs> replacing yeah. White Wine, whose nickname was for Ryan Switzer way back when. For yeah. white wine Twitter. Um anyway, sorry, lads. Rab- <laughs> we've gone down, we've gone down a rabbit hole there. That's an old joke. Rabbit mind. holes are our thing. Yeah. Okay. We had a whole conversation about Lamar Jackson and Baltimore Ravens on when we were talking about running. <laughs> Talks Jackson, about... <laughs> so you know, don't worry um, about it too much. Yeah. Excellent. So white wine. Um <laughs> yards after contact with this guy is gonna is gonna be class. Yeah. Every yeah. single time he gets he gets to the line between the tackles, he he takes a hit. And the legs keep moving. His is which tells me one strength, two power, three contact balance. He he can deal with it. Mm. He's patient. He's measured when he looks for the gaps. Mm. He's not a he's not the most explosive back we're going to see in the class. He he's got a big frame on him, but the strength, the vision, he can run inside and outside. His receiving game, it, it's basic. Probably the, be, the way I mm. describe it. Um, wheel routes, safety blankets, it with a backfield. Mm. Not as elite as, as Robinson and Gibbs. Mm. Pass protection, I said, is, is, is so-so. Um, the frame is there. When he times it well, it works well. The technique isn't always there. Mm. So he's got to work on a little bit like there. Hasn't got the long speed. But... He's got enough to give him a little bit of wiggle room in that sort of not ten, not the fifteen yard range. He's not going to, you know, run the length of the field and, and blow cornerbacks away, for example. Mm. But he's 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 a sort of guy I'd imagine a team will draft and we'll look back on in a year and say, well, I know we don't value the running back position, but this guy's really good, mm. Mm. and he's going to have broken tackles for days, in my opinion. His, his, his ability to deal with it is so positive. Yeah, so I, th- I think there are still teams looking for for like a standout running back, um, and aren't willing to draft uh, B. John Robinson in the first round because they've got um, countless other needs on their team. And I think that if you're looking for someone that's going to move the ball potentially, I think. And I know that sounds stupid because he's a running back and that's what he does. But if you're looking for someone that's going to be consistently moving the ball, then I think you're probably you could go a lot worse than than Zach Charbonnet or White Wine, which is now going to stick. By the way, so congratulations. Um, <laughs> he 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 absolutely fits the profile of a sort of starting bell cow RB one. He is mm. the definition of it with a bit of receiving upside. So it's yeah, that's kind of the running back everybody wants to start when they're a team. You want to start mm-hmm. someone with that profile, someone mm-hmm. stick it up in the A and B gap, can bounce it outside, can break some tackles, win with power, but has vision and patience and balance mm-hmm. to, to run through contact. And he's 220 pounds at 6'1". He's absolutely perfect. He's like the statue of David mm-hmm. in, in that regard. So it's kind of, he's an easy projection as well. It's just, and he actually has, he and Bijan Robinson, 4.2 yards hmm. after contact per attempt, both of them. The only difference is he's only forced 53 missed tackles this last year instead of 104. But like, you know, 53 forced missed tackles is still very good, you know? Hmm. And he has produced two consistently two seasons in a row. Yeah, and, and last year, seven yards per carry. Hmm. Yeah? Seven <laughs> yards per carry. You know, in fact, in fact, 
5.7 the year before as well. It's it, And 27 rushing touchdowns in two seasons. That, that counts for a ton. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the profile is highly desirable for NFL teams. So, yeah, he's an easy projection. Mm-hmm. I've done little to no research on running backs, I'll be honest. But there's one player I'm interested in. Ooh. Well, I'm going to read out the uh, NFL uh, draft profile um, and then might circle back to a couple of things. A productive as ball carrier and pass catcher displayed his durability, carrying heavy workload, elusive to sidestep early penetration, comfortable navigating through tight creases, able to bend and cut at crisp angles, uh, low center of gravity bolsters, contact balance. That might be the giveaway. Oh, hold on. I think I know who you're talking running about. Routes from the slot in Is he the player with the lowest center of gravity of all running backs? Well, yeah, it'd be quite difficult for him to have a high center of gravity. Let me put it that way. Is he so. five foot five and 169 pounds? He is, yes. <laughs> is it do spawn? It is, yes. Let's do spawn. Okay, fine. <laughs> right, so uh, my contribution is players that intrigue me and a five foot five running back definitely intrigues me. So yeah. What are you thinking, James? Uh, you know how you have outliers, right? Yeah. And there's outliers you, you bet on. Yeah. This one's an outlier you bet on. You bet on Devontae Smith because you, you, you see Devontae Smith's mm. measurables and you think, oh, God, that's not going to hold up. But then you look at the player and you think, oh, it holds up. And yeah. it does hold up in the NFL. And here we are. You know, he has played. You know, he hasn't missed tons of games through injury. He isn't always constantly being, he doesn't mm. get dominated. So, you know, he's an outlier that works. Um, I feel that Bryce Young is going to be an outlier that's going to work. Mm. Um, I think Deuce Vaughn is an outlier <laughs> that could work. So, there is a thought hmm. that there have been outliers at various positions where the trait that makes them an outlier is an advantage. Hmm. So, as I say, if before, you are six foot three, yeah, and I am six foot three, yeah, okay. The concept of me trying to tackle somebody who's five ten, fine. Hmm. Someone who's six five, fine, because I can locate them and get hold of them, okay. Someone who's five foot five. Where am I going to find him? Where is he? (laughs) Who's he hiding behind? Hmm. Is that hole really too small for him to fit through? And if I see him in the open field, is he just going to run through my legs? That's an exaggerated Hmm. sort of assessment, but I feel like the size could potentially be a massive advantage in the same way that Jack Lambert being six foot four as a middle linebacker was an advantage because he could literally see over everyone into the backfield. Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it those small running backs. You heard it here. You won't hear that on any other podcast, Jack Lambert being compared to Juice Vaughan. So, you know, <laughs> <As> an outlier <laughs> at the time, Jack Lambert. And I mentioned this on the chat earlier. He was six, yeah. four and 210 pounds yeah. in the seventies. is like being the Devonte Smith of linebackers. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so just, yeah, he's an outlier. He's got such a third down back name as well. Juice Vaughn is just like yeah. The the like I know the third down back's not really a thing anymore, but like just just in in, in terms of uh, if this was a scripted teen show, that's exactly what he would be. Um yeah. and he he'd have the name Juice Vaughn as well. So yeah. Big fan. <laughs> So he's just he's, he's just fun to watch, isn't yeah. he? Definitely. Seventeen reps on the bench, though. 
So, you know, he clearly wanted to make a point. Yeah. I'm small, but I am not a small man. So, um, physical traits, though, five foot five is a zeroth percentile. <laughs> um, his weight at 179 for a running back is the once percentile. Uh, arm length is a zeroth percentile, 27 inch arms. That would be the shortest arms of any running back ever drafted. Um, he would also be, I think, the shortest running back ever drafted. Um, I think it was Benjamin Solak of the Ringer Draft Show who described Deuce Vaughan as um, Darren Sproles um, with a tapeworm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's a T-shirt. Um, nice. It, it, it is yeah. Um, but I like him. I, I, I think he, you know, 57 force miss tackles, 2.35 yards after contact. He's not going to, he, again, he's not a guy who's going to stick it up in. He's an interesting shifty change of pace back. And that, and that size is going to be a nightmare for bigger players to locate him in traffic and find him in the hole or hmm. see him even. So I'm fine with 5.5 five and 169 because, you know, that BMI is not as bad as it sounds. Can I can I add in a potential um, conspiracy theory idea? Yeah. If you draft Bryce Young, no, no, <laughs> don't. All right, all right, keep talking. <laughs> Just keep talking. Why not also draft someone that is considerably shorter than Bryce Young, so that like th- there's always so it doesn't look quite so. So it's not him walking in to the combine with a six foot four tight end. You know, it's, 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 I don't know. You, I don't think there's a reason to draft a player, by also, the way. I'm just playing. You can't, but pretend like... to me, you can't pretend to me that him walking in side by side with Luke Schoonmaker at the combine, <laughs> coincidence, that was a setup. <laughs> Who's six foot six and huge? Ah, Schoonmaker. Yeah, yeah. He'll do it for 10 bucks. Yeah. Do you want to walk in with Bryce, Luke? We've never met before. I don't even know him. Pretend. Here's Where is bucks. he? Look down. Oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Take your child to work day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I will be watching, uh, like Emperor Palpatine, I will be watching his future with uh, great, great interest. Yeah. Definitely. Sorry, I completely derailed that because I found a short guy. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> one of mine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, anyone else to add? Anyone? No. You want to go next, Mike? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll throw. Yeah, I'll throw, I'll throw a guy I'm, I'm quite a fan of. I I came to his tape mm. late. Mm. Um, Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. Ooh. This guy's receiving game is really really impressive. He's he's got grey hands and his vision and ability to locate the ball. Big prop, big fan of that. Mm. He's got the movement skills when the ball is in his hands to evade defenders. He's electric as the speed to chew up yards. His frame, not massive, where he can kind of blow through defenders. His movement skills are the, are, are the real repertoire to his arsenal, which can get him to avoid tackles. But that's in a short, that's in a sort of short area. He doesn't have the mm. long breakaway speed, but. I, I couldn't help but watching his tape, constantly thinking, oh, that, "That's just a 
it's not gonna nothing, nothing's gonna blow you away with this tape, but just so many just little positives and go, oh god, that was a really good play. And then the next play goes, God, that was a really good play as well. And the next play was God, that was a really good play. I just build and build and build and build. And he's a guy that, again, I'm, I'm not hearing his name massively thrown mm. around there anywhere. Probably one I'm higher on than than most. Mm. But I couldn't help but love the positive in his game. So for, for guys who've not who've not had had a had a check in, Eric Gregg out of Oklahoma is definitely a guy to just just keep an eye on. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Because there's a few, yeah. Uh, Zach Evans, Ole Miss. When when he takes the ball from the quarterback, his build-up speed is class. Mm. He just he gets the ball and finds another gear. It's it's brilliant to watch because he comes in with reckless abandon as well. There's no slowing down at all. He uses the power well. His his ability to use the stiff arm and break tackles is excellent. He. he he doesn't do that passively. He is aggressive in his ability to try and break a tackle. He's not the shiftiest running back in the world by any stretch. A little bit of fumbleitis at college. <laughs> Needs to tidy that up a little bit. Receiving game, he had 12 catches last year. Tells you all you need to know. Hmm. So he's not the complete back by any stretch. But a li- li- little bit like, you know, a bit like White Wine. Hmm. He's an early down hmm. back who's got some. Some decent positives there. But don't get me wrong, has plenty to work on in this game and the other areas of being a running back. But as a true runner, straight between your tackles, he's in the same ballpark as uh, as Chardonnay. Mm. He's more of a rotation kind of feel to him rather than an every down kind of guy because of the lack of receiving upside. Yeah, I see that. Oh, de- oh, definitely, That's yeah, cool. it's it's. That's cool. I'd love to see what happens when he when he builds that, but yeah, he, he's an early down back, mm. third down, not at this level yet. Can't mm. be. You can't you can't trust a guy for twelve catches. Yeah, yeah, and that will put teams off as well. Like that's a concern. But like most of the guys, like once we get out of like the top two or three, we're probably talking late, early day three, most of the time. Anyway, I'd imagine. okay my day two running back who my day two i will die on this hill running back okay is ty j spitz i will die on this hill he will be a good pro okay i will die on this hill 511 195 i mean he's sub 200 pounds psychologically you know it's five pounds what difference does it make Mm. the guy just You know when people are fast, but they can go from stop to start very quickly? Yeah. You know how Antonio Brown wasn't particularly fast, but he could go from zero to full speed in a blink? Yeah. Mm. Not Ty just J. Spears the has that. No, yeah, I was oh, about yeah, to say, that, that was, yeah. Yes, there is. But, but Ty J. Spears has that stop-start quickness, and that change of speed is just devastating in the open field. And he just, like, he can pull away from people like you would not believe. Um, he is interesting because he's got so much kind of agility, burst, stop, start, and kind of wiggle to him that he sometimes overdoes it. Mm. It's it's Saquon syndrome. 
only to a lesser degree. But it does hold him back. He also isn't the biggest or strongest dude. But then that's the thing with this running back class. Again, he's he's a guy who is like is very much an explosive guy who you get him to the second level and it's difficult, difficult, lemon difficult um, for people. Uh, I don't know if he's a 20 to 25 carries a game back, but he, again, is somebody who out of the backfield and on swing passes would offer you so much value as a yak player. Um, he actually, of running backs with more than 150 carries, he ranked fifth in all of college football for yards after contact per attempt with 4.55, which is better than Bijan, better than Jameer Gibbs, better than Deuce Vaughan, um, better than Zach Charbonneau. Mm. Um, so again, that's the kind of thing that translates. 63 force missed tackles. We know that yards after contact with force missed tackles do correlate with NFL production. Yeah, It is a relevant metric. And he is someone for me who as an RB2, would be a pretty exciting player for me, I think. He would be someone who, a couple of years down the line, could be a very interesting fantasy player and a very interesting RB2, very dynamic and explosive player. Nice. Excellent. Uh, Anyone else we want to add before we uh, wrap it up? No, great way to great way to end. Tajay Spears could be a really good back. Really, yeah. really good back. Love mm. it. Uh, so with that then, what should we do next week? So we've got left <clears throat> receivers. O-line. Yeah, O line, quarterback, linebackers, cornerbacks, safeties. Safeties should take about five minutes. And receivers. Yeah. So we're linebackers. Safe. Yeah, true. Yeah, linebackers is, is, is going to be quick. Um, <laughs> and safeties, if we exclude everybody under yeah. five foot ten, it's two guys. Okay. <laughs> if you include the guys who are five eight, it's four guys. <laughs> okay, so let's let's do then. So let's start, do linebackers. Um, we'll do corners yep. and safeties in one week. So we'll probably do them the week after. So maybe let's do linebackers and wide receivers next week. I was hoping to put wide receivers off. But okay. Yes, we'll do wide receivers. No, we, we, we can do offensive line. line. Well, we could, or we could no, just round out defense need... and just do do linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties in one go. No, let's do linebackers and yeah. wide receivers. Okay. Because I need to get the wide receiver monkey off my back. Okay. <laughs> if I if I have have to go through another fortnight of undersized guys, mm. okay, <laughs> undersized slot receiver, <laughs> undersized slot types. And yeah. um and guys over six foot who are underweight with little to no athleticism, I may stab myself in the eye <laughs> just so I don't have to watch anymore. So guys, that's hey. what you got to look forward to next week. So uh <laughs> and I linebackers mean, we've know. already bigged up as well. So you know. <laughs> I mean, the next week's gonna be a barnstormer. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make it fun. <laughs> I promise. Uh, it'll be good. It will be good. There are some white receivers in there that are that are good. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Where, if people want to contact you, people want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, definitely, definitely on the Discord. Yeah. Um, any, any, anything, anything, uh, anything related to draft chat, 
yeah. James and I are usually usually be found there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, if if for the Steelers listeners out there, the UK Steelers podcast, we do it. We do a weekly pod, mm-hmm. and when draft time time comes, we go into far too much depth. Um, if you if you want a two and three quarter, nearly three hour plus podcast on tight ends, it's yeah. the place to be. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It, it can be a journey sometimes um, but Jeff if, uh, lads Mike Farrell find me on Twitter at yeah. Mike underscore JF1 I think nice. I've already forgotten um, but no lads thanks for having me on it's it's, it's great crack as always well we'll, tr- we'll definitely get it's you on again yeah it's been, I, I love love this so yeah uh, James where can people find you come find me on the discord I will be spamming you all day there you go. That's something to look forward to. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the Discord, if you want to come join the Discord, which I thoroughly suggest you you, you do, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, it's the pin tweet on our Twitter, which is just at Gridiron Gents. You can also email us, hellochaps at gridirongentlemen.com. And also, the mock draft is coming back. Uh, we will be doing that the week of the draft <laughs> um, because I've got that week <laughs> off. So I'm so thrilled. So I've got time to actually do it. Um, so yeah, the week of the draft, uh, we'll be planning probably like the Monday or the Tuesday, uh, and then we'll do what we did last year, which is we'll have the the kind of round table where I try and talk to as many people as possible um, to, about their draft. Great yeah, it's it's so much fun. It it was a lot easier when someone else was doing it. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I will I will oh. endeavour to get that done. So if you want to get involved with that, email us hello chaps at greenandgentlemen.com, or if you're on the Discord, literally just pop me a message on the discord and just say i would like to be involved in that so yeah uh back next week with wide receivers and i mean next week because by that point three podcasts will have gone up um with wide receivers and linebackers which we've already said is going to be just an absolute barnstormer thank you for listening and goodbye